16 of the Press Pass podcast presented by the Press Republican. Got a lot of people with me today. You got Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplio. How we doing? Joey Betts, doing good. Good to see you. Staff writer Kara Chapman. Hello, how are you? Good. Night <laughs> Editor Ben Rowe. That's my name. And staff writer and every other title imaginable, Ben Watson. That's me. And I am Joey LaFranca, and we have all of us together and we have a, you know, I don't know, a couple things to talk about, right? A couple things have happened in the past couple days. Just Perhaps, a few. maybe. Just, just a few. You may have heard or not. <laughs> but Ben, I think you, Ben Watson, I should say, oh, this will be fun, the whole episode. We're gonna <laughs> do. Ben, Ben, Ben. But Ben Watson, you can kick, um, you can start things off today. We're going to kick it off with uh, news on the presidential race that'll be out of date, basically, as soon as we leave the room that we're recording this in, but... Uh, <laughs> As of about 5 p.m. on Thursday, most major news outlets were reporting the Electoral College totals as 253 for Biden, 214 for Trump. Um, I think it's Fox News and AP, uh, the Associated Press, have also are the two that have called Arizona as well. That's why you might see some higher uh, electoral counts uh, from different uh, places. But most people are still saying Arizona is a little too close to call. Because Arizona, there is currently about 485,000 votes left to count uh, as of, like I said, about 5 p.m. There is expected to be more numbers coming from Arizona later today from all of the things I've heard. Um, But who knows what that's going to be. Biden leads by about 90,000. So with that many uh, votes still to come in, could very well flip. Who knows? Uh, Nevada is also kind of in a similar situation where they have about 150,000 ballots left to count. Um, Biden has just a 12,000 vote lead there, so both of those are very close. If he, if Biden maintains his lead in both those places, it's done. That's it. He gets to 270, um, but still uh, definitely up in the air with both of them. And then the other big one right now is Pennsylvania, where Biden has been closing the gap pretty much all day as more votes have come in. Uh, he is about 90,000 votes back with around 512,000 ballots left to count, and all of those ballots are primarily coming from urban center areas uh, in Pennsylvania, so people are saying who knows on that front as well. And if Biden takes that, he will also take it. Um, so it's looking like it might be leaning towards Biden, but again, still a ton up in the air. I saw a post today that said, American Idol can count 130 million votes during a commercial break. What's, what's going on? I would argue those argue those matter a lot less, Joe. Well, I, was, hey, I thought hey. you were going to say more. There are some very important American Idol votes out there. Those are just as important. But I guess is that I know probably next week we'll be talking about the election too, and who knows how much longer from there, but... I guess I want to take a second real quick and just kind of get some general memories of the election season from folks in the room. Is that one thing that stuck out stuck stuck <laughs> stuck out to me in the past couple of weeks was that compared to twenty sixteen, I um you know talk about we're neutral in all this, but I have to give the um Trump supporters credit is that the the festive atmosphere in the area with the trucks with the flags with the rallies. It was visible, you know. I don't remember that many big Trump rallies um, toward the end of 2016, but they were out there on the streets, the trucks, you saw them all over the place, so I thought that was interesting. Um, does anyone else have any Oh, it was interesting, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the, th- the other thing that, that stood out for me was, uh, especially locally, 
um, you always hear campaigns that the key is door to door, FaceTime with voters. You got to do it. That was curtailed a lot this year because of COVID. Sure, yeah. So, you know, candidates had to find different ways to connect with voters. Some of them did well, some didn't. Um, but it was a new phenomenon that uh, we saw in elections that kind of is what I will remember. I feel like I got more text messages from campaigns this year than I did um, back in I got a lot of text messages from I didn't get any. Me neither. And Thank God. <laughs> it must just be if you put your phone number on the right thing. On a list. They're, yeah. they're going to get it. But, but yeah, yeah I got that. a ton. I got a lot of mailers, though. Mm. I, I counted, I think, from Dan's deck alone over the last month before the election. I got something like five or six mailers. Glossy. Wow. Yeah, mailers. glossy mailers. <laughs> Those aren't cheap either. No, they're not. Like, I was talking to um, one of our county candidates, Wendell Hughes, about mailers. I, th- I believe he said he did one. He's like, you would be surprised by how much those cost. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Kara, what do you got going on? Yeah, transitioning over to the North Country, where there's by far less uh, waiting, less up in the air. We had three big concessions, actually, this week. Um, so in the congressional race, Tedra Cobb ended up conceding to Elise Stefanik, who actually brought in more of her lead with in-person and early voting alone on Election Day, exceeded the number of absentee ballots that, based on all the estimates that our North Country papers have gathered, um, came in. So that's like more than more than 68,000. So about 68,000 is how many absentee ballots came in, and she had, what was it, like 77,000 in in-person alone. So uh, Tedra Cobb did end up conceding on election night, I believe. And then at the 45th state Senate district level, um, Dan Steck also kind of had a similar situation where his lead was about the same as the number of absentee ballots that had been returned back. So um, the morning after um, election night, Kimberly Davis ended up conceding to him as well because she's like, you know, if you would have to win every single one of those votes in order to close that gap. And that's just, like, she's a numbers person, you know. That's statistically just impossible. So got to give her credit for that. And then down in the 114th Assembly District for our Essex County listeners, uh, Matt Simpson ended up taking that one, also had a much um, greater percentage of the votes than... Um, his uh, his two uh, leading opponents. leading. Oh yeah, no, well no, <laughs> well that, I'm pretty sure there have been concessions called in that one. Um, I think Claudia Bramer can called him to concede, and um, Evelyn Wood, I I believe so as well. I believe she had far fewer votes even than Claudia. So so yeah, that's a lot more definitive answers. I was just teasing her yes, because I know. all week long. I know, I know. He keeps on saying, oh, it, it, they won this and they won this. I'm like, no, Joe, we have so many absentee ballots left to count. We don't know final percentages. And that's true, but there are some races that just by virtue of math you can call. Um, another very easy race to call, Assemblyman Billy Jones mm-hmm. ran on a post for an election. So there you go. Good job. Congratulations, Billy. Mm-hmm. I heard about um, a couple very popular write-in votes. Couple, oh, really? A couple single, yeah. Well, I joked about it. Did you not hear about it? I don't think I heard about it. I don't know if I can really share it on the podcast. <laughs> but there were a couple of very no. funny write-in votes for a couple That's different people that I heard about that is a great humorous part of Election Day when Some somebody <laughs> when somebody is running unopposed. You will always get a couple of funny write-ins. So mm-hmm. I will talk about that more after. But, you know, if okay. people want to find out, maybe you ask the right people and you find out. Okay. I know I good. was laughing on election day about a couple things. Oh, my goodness. 
Anyways, so we ha- we also had a county legislature race, Area 8, representing parts of the town and city of Plattsburgh. Um, at the end of the night, Wendell Hughes, he's a Democrat, was up about 300 votes over independent and Republican-endorsed Bill Fisher. But there are close to 1,200 absentee ballots that went out in that race. They'd returned over 1,000 um, or so earlier this week. So we'll have to see what happens next week. Clinton County starts counting their absentee ballots on Monday. Okay. And Ben Watson, back to you. I'm going to do my best to uh, fulfill Mackenzie's duties um, because I'm going to handle some more races that are still too close to call in all of the city of Plattsburgh's races. Uh, Starting with mayor, uh, Scott Beebe was leading by 290 votes after election night over Chris Rosenquist, um, but there are over 2,000 absentee ballots to be counted in that race. So like uh, Kara said, that'll start Monday. Both candidates the night of uh, were hesitant to say much. They both basically said, ah, it's either good to have a lead, but absentees, or it's good, not great to not have a lead, but absentees. So there wasn't really a ton going there, which has kind of just been that race the whole fall, really, has it not? <laughs> I mean, they've, you could been, say that. they've been pretty um, cordial the whole time. Yeah. And it yeah. was... They agree on a lot of issues, except who should be mayor. Right. So, <laughs> um, so we'll find out on that later. Uh, in Ward 2 for the council seat, Jacob Avery, uh, an independent challenger, is leading incumbent Mike Kelly, a uh, Democrat, by 35 votes, but there's over 200 absentees in that race uh, waiting on, so obviously still very up in the air. Same with Ward 4, where De- Democrat Jen Talon was taking on uh, independent Ethel Facto. There, she has about a 145 vote lead, but there's still 500 absentees, so that's obviously still up in the air, so still waiting on that one. But the one that is pretty set in stone is Ward 5, where Pat McFarlane uh, ended the night with a 501 vote lead over John Gordon, and there were 445 absentee ballots sent out uh, by the Clinton County Board of Elections as of Monday morning. So unless, um, I'm trying to do math, 52 more people went and got absentees, and all of them went to John Gordon. Uh, John Gordon has lost. So that is the one that actually has some... Uh, so that will be Pat McFarland's what term? How many terms has he been? Would that be his? Uh, well, be his first full one, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Because I think... Was he appointed He before? was appointed to replace Becky Casper when she stepped down. Mm-hmm. And then I think he... He didn't run again? Well, he had to run for the unexpired term, I think. Oh. I think, if I recall correctly. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was unopposed. Mm-hmm. So, I think, I'm pretty sure this will be his first full term. Mm-hmm. So is that all of our election stuff? Did you? Have That's all the election stuff. Um, okay. I can shift over into COVID maybe real quick. Yeah, well, absolutely. Guess real quick, one thing just while we're on the topic of some local races is that I know that, Joe, ahead of um, election night, you were um, kind of giving some predictions and having observed local politics for a while. Were there any big surprises or for you as far as local races went? The, the surprise for me was the margins of some of these victories apparent victories um, <clears throat> in Congress and State Senate. I thought those races would be tighter um, than they were, but the Republicans, uh, Dan Steck and Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, uh, brought in big numbers, big numbers. And as we should, we were talking about earlier, Donald Trump won Clinton County. 
which was is leading is leading again. I'm doing this for all the racist people. I'm just saying, like we still have. Apparently, one Clinton. This is like who's on first? Who's leading? (laughs) Which would be a flip from 2016, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That was interesting. This this county. when I was uh, when I reached out to Dr. Harvey Shantz, Clinton and Essex were the only places where Elise Stefanik lost in 2018. But she may have flipped those. We'll we'll ha- we'll see what happens to those margins and percentages once the absentee ballots come in. Before we swap to COVID, I do feel like I wanted to just add with Georgia. That was the one state I didn't talk about. Um, but that's also been, Trump's lead has been narrowing all day there. As of 520, it has narrowed to just over 9,000 votes with 93,000 left to count. Ooh. So, wow. Razor's edge in Georgia. Guarantee um, that's going to end up with a recount. That's going to be a recount, yeah. yeah. If, if there is going to be a quick decision like within the next couple days it's not going to be because of georgia because the recount there i from what I, I was hearing a press conference with one of their officials i think it was the secretary of state there where he said it wouldn't be within 10 days after the election as a recount and then just kept going on about um the schedule of it so yeah that, that would my be goodness the country is the definition of divided yeah <laughs> seems that way it's 0.2 percentage point in Georgia right now. <laughs> That's crazy. But speaking That's of things crazy. that unite us, unfortunately, yeah, let's talk about COVID. Okay, so I've got kind of a tri-county breakdown. Clinton County, as of today, is reporting 50 active cases. That includes nine new cases, one of which is at Clinton Correctional Facility. Eight others are among the community. And I'm told by the Clinton County Health Department that small gatherings among family and friends appear to contribute to many of those cases. Mm. So if you are not hanging out, if you are hanging out with someone who is outside of your household, wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands, don't touch your face, if your hands aren't clean, all that jazz, okay? Because this is this is exactly kind of what people are predicting. We're spending more time indoors with the colder weather, and we're seeing increased cases everywhere. Um, like in Franklin County, for example, they've had historically very good, very low numbers. As of last week, they were reporting four active cases, but today they're up to 22 And that doesn't include two other people who are hospitalized outside the county. So, um, and then down in Essex County, they're reporting 10 active cases and Lake Placid Pub and Brewing Brewery and Big Slide Brewery and Public House announced that they are temporarily closing because two employees tested positive there. So they're voluntarily doing it in the efforts to help mitigate the spread, which is good of them, I think. Um, But it's, it's, it's there. And also public public risk is low, is what the Essex County Health Department is saying. So don't freak out if you've been to those restaurants very recently, but um, you, you got to be careful. Yeah, and, and um, we were talking earlier about the need for more public information from the three counties, for every county, state, any government, to information for the public so they understand what's going on, where this is, how it's being transmitted, and what to avoid. Um, you know, it's great that we can say that and ask for that and want that, but we also have to understand these health departments are up to their necks every day mm-hmm. with contact tracing and just trying to keep ahead of this thing. We know how busy they are, and we applaud them for their efforts. But on the other, on the same hand, the need for more information is always going to be there, and information is vital to helping... Uh, stem this this virus so health department folks we we're with you we got your back we understand um 
keep on doing it. And please answer our questions to the best of your ability <laughs> when we reach out. We appreciate it. <laughs> and in terms of the Clinton County numbers, I think you mentioned this a little bit, Kara, with eight of the nine new ones today are outside community members, not members of the clusters that they've been dealing with for a few weeks with Clinton Correctional and with SUNY Plattsburgh. Mm -hmm. That was the same with the day before the update was six of the eight new cases were outside community members. And then the update before on the second, um, 12 of the 18 new cases that day were outside community members, not connected with SUNY Plattsburgh in that cluster, not connected with Clinton Correctional. So it's everywhere in the community is essentially mm -hmm. what it boils down to. So yeah, just wear a mask, social distance, do all the things that the health department's been saying all along. And yeah, we have to, I think we have to go back to the mindset we had in March and April. Right. Uh, I, will, I will make this note on uh, speaking per, from personal experience, Sitting inside at home with a nice mug of hot cocoa, looking at the cold, is an ace's way to spend the day. So, I just that is, I, that is my recommendation. I love that Ben just used the word aces. <laughs> I haven't heard that in forever. Yeah. I hope that comes back. You know what I? You know one of the one of the phrases, one of these like phrases, all of a sudden nowadays that I like a lot. That is, you know, you hear hit the spot. Now we're seeing hits different. I that like that. Different. Yeah, that is a good I one. like that I was one. shaking you know, his head. It's the he, first time I've ever heard that. You never heard never Hits heard Different that. before? No. If, you, if you really like, so, tend to like something or like it's yeah. really good, like, oh yeah, that Hits Different. Say like, if you, say, so you've talked in the past about how you had a, you had a nice sub for lunch or something. And say if you're really, really hungry and then you have the sub, you can say, man, that sub just Hits Different today. Because yeah, I'm it, hungry. Because you just, got like that extra enjoyment. Or yep. say, or say you know having a hot chocolate in the middle of summer, it hits versus different. hitting <laughs> having it in the middle of winter, it hits different in the winter because it's like this is the time for hot chocolate. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. We will have a future episode with the uh, what is it the Gen Z, Gen Z terms. terms. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah but mm -hmm. so hits different generally denotes when it feels better yeah. than normal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. M E H. Meh. 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 You're, you're a solid meh. <laughs> That's it's what I'm saying. Hits different. A meh out of ten. Uh, All right. Well, I think on that note, we will wrap up quick hits. Nope. Kara has one more thing. I do go have ahead. one more thing. Okay. Just real quick. Yep. Because people no, probably ahead. heard about it, but it fell under the radar of because course. of elections. So UVM Health Network, there was a cyber uh, attack last yes. week oh, that yes, resulted yes. in outages in some of the systems. The side of the lake has not been too severely impacted. Major systems are still operational. Patient care services are, um, as far as I know, kind of going off with um, kind of more hitches on the staff end of things with maybe having to do things on paper, that kind of thing. A big thing with CVPH right now is they're asking anyone who's going into a physician's office for an appointment to call 24 hours ahead of time to make sure that they're ready for you. You will still be seen even if you do not or are not able to do that. But uh, that's, that's just what they're asking for to help kind of ensure that things run smoothly. But they're working hard, trying to restore all the systems, make sure patient data hasn't been hacked at all, because this appears to be kind of part of a larger cyber attack that happened on the, the entire country's public health and healthcare sectors. Yes, so. and there was some talk that uh, there were concerned it could have been Russian or Iranian involvement? Did they ever... Yeah, I, I don't know if that's been 100% confirmed, and I don't think the FBI is saying right now for sure one way or the other whether or not the UVM attack is specifically attached to that, but I have I have heard um, utterings along those lines. Well, it came around so. the same time as the other Yes, it did. So it did. It, it was a big, a big thing across the country. So again, so. doctors, health officials, you guys rock. Thumbs up. Yes. There Keep we go. Going.
Now you're good? Yes, now okay. I'm good. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we will be back shortly with myself, Joe LaTempleo, and Ben Rowe for a little roundtable, and stay tuned. back Joe LaTemplio, Ben Rowe, and Joey LaFranca with you and we thought we'd just really give an inside scoop of what our election night really was like other than the delicious food that we had but you know one thing that I wanted to talk about and I'll kick it right to Joe to start off with was what was your take on this election night Joe compared to election all the other election nights you've kind of been through in the past especially when there's a you know a president uh, president election that's part of the election night. Yeah, this was, I think, altogether in my lifetime was, well, it's my 40th yeah. um, election night. and But as a professional journalist, I think it was 34, Okay, I think it was. And this one was completely different from all the others because of, of course, COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally, the parties will have headquarters in a local uh, bar, restaurant, or gathering space. And uh, they'll have, um, everybody will meet there. They'll have big screens uh, to post results, usually linked into Board of Elections. There's food, there's drinks, there's, uh, you know, the banners and everything. It's a party atmosphere. Yeah. And for journalists' purposes, it was great because you can go there and it's one-stop shopping. All the candidates are there. All the players are there. You can get what you need, uh, which is key because you're in a hurry on election night. Sure. Um, that didn't happen this year. There was, um, uh, Scott Beebe, I guess, had a headquarters, a small one, uh, but uh, very limited, uh, immediate. We didn't go there. Uh, Chris Rosenquist was live virtually mm-hmm. um, doing mm-hmm. something. And Elise Stefanik did have a campaign event in Glens Falls at the Hotel Queensbury. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was outside the hotel in a tent. Dan Steck was there as well. Um, we did not send anybody down there. Um, From the photos, it looked like there was a fair amount of mask wearing at the event, which was always best. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yeah. um, it was required from what I heard. Um, but other election parties around the state weren't adhering to the rules, mm-hmm. and uh, they got criticized for yes, it. Yes, Twitter and, was... Twitter had a variety of different people. Twitter had that. a great night Tuesday. Yes, summer, yes. well, Joe, it's to your point that you made before, Twitter on election night, <laughs> always interesting. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so, and, and the other thing, I mean, for me, for all these years, I was always the guy out and about. Sure. Um, but last last year and this year, I've been here. Yeah, you've been man in the fort. Um, it's, it, it's a lot different. Um, but the thing about a presidential um election especially one like this where we knew it was going to be pretty close yeah um the amount of time you're glued to that tv Mm -hmm. just waiting for some kind of nugget of news um it's still going on yeah well yeah Um, well i was gonna say on the last segment is the fact that it's gotta be odd and who knows how long it'll take it's gotta be odd to wake up one day and not be able to just check oh what's the elections like this morning (laughs) it's like a weird game show or something it is (laughs) the longest I mean, literally, I'm sure the longest uh, dragged out process that we can remember in quite some time. I know 2000 was 2000. kind of dragged out in a sense, but Six this, weeks. this I feel like has just a whole other, whole other vibe to it because it feels like we might actually get an initial verdict, but I feel like we all realize that there's a lot more to it than after that initial verdict is concerned. 
Um, well, the people's votes are still being counted, and you know, and exactly. if, if you feel like one of those people in the in Pennsylvania and Nevada, where I want my vote to be counted, sure. <laughs> so. Well, absolutely. Uh, it was funny. Um, I think election night, uh, very late after midnight, the president was saying, basically, in the states where I'm ahead, stop counting. Mm-hmm. But the states where I'm behind, oh, keep counting. Right. So, which was, I mean, that's smart. That's a good move on his part, as far as it being. Political. But it doesn't work that no, way. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's how to do it, though. You know, hey, if you're ahead, stop counting. If well, not, keep counting. It's the fact that throughout this entire thing, as Joe mentioned in the last segment, you know, um, politicians have had to come up with whole new game plans and whole new ways of doing stuff, and you know, the zooms and the. Um, predicting how the votes are going to be counted and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's different. It, it hits different. It hits different. <laughs> there we go. Oh, okay, I go, I'll go along with that one. Okay. The other thing that, that I, I noticed um, this election season, and, and the last few, too, is polls are worthless. Uh, mm-hmm. They have been seen to be getting worse and worse and more <coughs> off. It's uh, like the college football polls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean these predictions. Sports editor <laughs> observation. It just—it's like I can't believe how far off some of these polls are. Sure. No, that was one of the things. Is the fact that, um, as Joe and I were talking about through the night, is um, yeah, that starting out we're like, okay, we think we know how it's gonna go, and then about midway through the night, I know that you and I, Joe, we were like, wow, you know, it's it's getting tight, <laughs> and it's it was surprising. <laughs> I'm telling you, if. Uh, Three guys wanted to put their heads together and come up with a polling company yeah. and do it right. We could probably do pretty well. I Press think so Republican too. Republican polling. My favorite part of election night, as far as Twitter was concerned, was the amount of Undertaker gifs that were used <laughs> when Biden would be behind in a state and all of a sudden he'd be coming back and they're like, just when you thought Georgia was out and it's Undertaker just rising from the dead for his wrestling and, and wrestling uh, shows and whatnot. So I was laughing at that. That was probably my favorite Twitter moments of the night. That and also um, a guy who I I think it was, a, yeah, it's kind of a, I don't even know what to call him, but, you know, John Boy Media, we've been talking mm-hmm. about that a little bit. One of his sidekicks, he tweeted out that he declared that the Yankees won the uh, 2020 World Series, and he said it <laughs> felt good. So I was like, there were, you know, in all seriousness, you know, there's a lot that goes into the election, but I took a moment to enjoy some some humor on Twitter on Tuesday night for sure. Oh yeah, the the election memes are certainly a <laughs> oh, a phenomenon. Tre- in tre- tremendous, elections. tremendous moments for memes. This this is when memes thrive. But no, and again, yeah, it's it's been an experience and definitely not one to forget. And um, yeah, is that I guess <laughs> what I was thinking of how to say it is that could we expect anything less than twenty twenty? Throwing another curveball at us. No. That's like <laughs> I feel like this is pretty much par for the course. <laughs> It really, it really is, and on a lot of different levels. But as far as our election night, it was, you know, I, I, from my perspective, just as the sports guy, kind of watching all of you guys in the news side do your thing. You did a great job, and there was a lot of a uh, lot of chaos that could have ensued, and like kind of overwhelmed you guys, and you didn't miss a beat. So, just from my perspective, you guys did a really good job. Well, yes, it, it, I, I was pleased with the way it uh, it came off. Um, a lot of planning went into it, and that, that's sure. the key. Um, um, to the, um, well, I guess maybe Joe, you could speak to this, but to the credit of the county election boards, um, 
Results came in at a fairly reasonable yeah. pace. I mean, you never know what you're going to get, and they they have a lot on their hands too, and there's always glitches, it seems. But they weren't too bad uh, with the results coming in. Uh, I know, you know, it's kind of inside baseball, but there's a, there's been a historic thing between journalists and um, county boards of election where we get on the phone, and where are those results? And, oh, they're coming, and I always enjoy that every year, and maybe <laughs> Joe has seen that a couple times, and I'm sure Joe has before of... Like, uh, somebody call and ask them, where are the results? Yeah, it's like, oh. it's like me with waiting for game results in sports. It's the same type well, of thing. Well, I told you that story about every year, there's always one person. Because yes. yes. years ago, we used to, Board of Lexus used to rely on the polling places. They had the old clunker lever machines. Mm-hmm. Um, they would go in the back, open them up, and read off the numbers, write them down, oh, and yeah. call the Board of Elections office and say, these are the numbers off the back of the machine. How quaint. Well, there was always a little old lady in Ellenburg or Altona or somewhere that would forget to call and go home and go to bed. And we'd be missing like one or two election districts. And we'd have to find this little old lady. One year, we had to call the bar, local bar, and to find a guy we knew and say, go down the road to Mrs. So-and-so's house and wake her up and tell her we need the numbers. <laughs> Uh, but that doesn't happen. It's a little more automated system. <laughs> when, did, when did they when did they get rid of those lever machines? It hasn't been that long. No, because I remember like when I was little, you know, yes. I'd go with mom or dad, and you mm-hmm. could, like go with them, and you'd watch them make the, all the little votes and stuff. So yeah, because I within ten years. Okay, and I, and I, remember... I definitely don't remember like when I when I was first able to vote. I do not over my time. I've always been fill out the form. Yes, scan, feed it into the know, machine. Feed it mm-hmm. into the machine. I that's the only way uh, I've ever the voted. lever machine. Were awesome. Yeah, and they made all those yeah. cool noises. Yeah. You got to go behind the curtains <laughs> yes. and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's how I remember is that, yeah, the back in school, um, in like fourth or fifth grade or whatever, when they take the kids in to do like a mock voting where you you did that and how you'd have to put a lot of force to actually kind of force the yeah. arm to do the shark and then yeah. cast your vote. There so. was one, yeah, there and was. you click the, the little metal <laughs> There was one year, there was one year where I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad. I think it was my mom. She like let me actually pull the lever and I was like, <laughs> just like a little kid just trying to pull it. And Democracy it was, is heavy. I was like, no, this is so heavy. Well, <laughs> I remember when they were talking about, this was all part of uh, the, the federal ADA, I, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, for disabilities. Yes, and, you mm-hmm. had to make voting more accessible and easier, and it was a controversy <laughs> because these old clunker machines in New York had been around forever, mm-hmm. 60, 70 years. And as Sam Trombley used to say, legislator from Ellenburg, they work fine. Why do we got to change them? <laughs> <laughs> and it was costly. These mm-hmm. new machines are really the sc- the scanners. expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. And it was, you know, a lot of people felt it was nothing but a racket for these companies mm-hmm. that yeah. sold these machines. Right. You know. Well, to a younger generation, the, the idea of flipping switches and, you know, and yeah, and again, the machine team from where I remember, they look like they're from like the 50s. What it, what, <laughs> it, what, it, what it reminds me of is when you have like an electric circuit at home and you're flipping like circuit breakers mm-hmm. yeah, on and off. Exactly. That's exactly what it reminds me yep. of is like flipping all of them the off switches. or sort of flipping them on. Yeah. That's... So, no, so be able to put your thing into the little scanner and have the little computer screen say your vote has been cast. I'm, I'm more confident in that than the, the clunkers. <laughs> yeah, but... You know, we all have memories. You know, when when I was a little kid, I went with my parents too, and they come on behind the screen. Yes, yeah, it was the coolest. Yeah, thing. Yes. it was cool. Yes. It was now, cool. now it's just sit at the table with your little piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, <laughs> now, Joe, you and I voted in person on Tuesday. Yes. And I know, I know myself. I felt very safe. Um, didn't have any. I didn't. You know, I went, I went in with my mask on. Didn't even have to wait in line very long. There was only mm-hmm. one person in front of me when I went. Uh, it's one beauty of the sports reporter hours. You know, you can go midday when not a lot of people are there, and so that was good. Um, I thought, like I said, I thought it was. I felt very safe. I uh, was able to cast my vote in and out less than probably five minutes. But what was your day like? Very similar. Yep. Uh, I went to St. Alexander's Church in Morrisonville. Uh, I think there was one person ahead of me, yep. too. And the staff was very efficient, very friendly. The lady gave me two stickers. And, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, you know, uh, I, I think this was the first time I ever had to show my driver's license, though. I had to do that as well. Interesting. Yes, because yeah. they don't they don't have the big books. The book, right. yeah. Oh, so I'm yeah. sure that's probably because they don't want everybody signing and touching the paper and whatnot. I figured that was the case, or is it? Or is that just the way they might just do it now? I think that's you know this whole voter ID thing. Wait, right. did did your guys' places have the um the iPads that you yes. signed it up? Signed with the pen or yeah. your finger? Yes, I did it with my finger, and it was horrible. Oh well, yes, well, and that's he said the... as long as it's kind of close. That yeah. was my thing. Is the mine that... was not. I when I when I first started uh, voting, my signature then compared to now was not remotely no, the same. Yeah. But no. I had a little like panic attack when I made my signature <laughs> yes. because it showed you what your original was. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna think I'm not even the you same are person. Not Joe and LaFranca. So, so yeah. but like I turned it around and I was watching the lady look at it and she didn't say anything. I was like, okay, well that's good at least. I mean, it wasn't remotely close. Well, yeah. As I was signing mine, I look over and this older lady next to me and hers was beautiful like I didn't yeah. tell exactly what her name was and I'm like oh god look like a yeah criminal because yeah. when, when I signed mine originally it was just in cursive like you know I wrote my name out in cursive and now I kind of just scribble like my initials mm-hmm. and that's usually what I do so when I was when I did that I was like oh no and, and uh, but like, it was fine it was fine I was like gawking at this lady's signature and they're like oh I probably shouldn't stare at her <laughs> signing her voter and Ben you did a little different you did not do election day what was your experience like? No, I did um, Friday afternoon as my logic went um, that Saturday, if I waited, everyone would be off of work, and so they'd be storming it, and it would take me a while. Um, so, yeah, I did go in on Friday um, right before work, and no, yeah, it was really efficient. There was um, loads of, um, actually, they, even when you signed in, the um, people behind the iPads to register or whatever, um, to check in, um, they held out and said, all right, hold out your hands, and then they spritzed you with the hand sanitizer so mm-hmm. I'm like oh cool and um, the only one rule that I broke is that after I finished and fed my thing into the machine I turned around to head back out of the way I came in and then one guy was like yo 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 no go this way <laughs> and I'm like alright yeah that makes sense don't go back it's like air traffic control <laughs> <with> the flags <laughs> so shout out to them for catching me before I burst through everything else so. no that's that's really good and yeah so I mean we all had you, you know you had a different experience than me and Joe did but I, I I had as far as the election process of going out and voting didn't have an issue with it whatsoever. So. And no, and as far as getting everyone into a room together, you were in there. You know, as far as infection worries, you were in and out again so quick that I think it's yeah, it was good. But um, again, to also to the credit of, as we've spoken to the various election officials at the Clint County Government Center, excuse me. They handle the absentee ballots and that kind of thing really well. Like you probably people have seen the pictures of the paper. They've got entire conference room tables filled with yes. absentee ballots. So shout out to them for conquering that. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
But I think we're going to wrap things up. Yes. Yeah, we have a little bit of a busy day to finish up. I mean, well, and again, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about the election again I was next just, week. <laughs> I was just about to say, I'm sure next week we will have still like, plenty to talk about. And maybe we will have a verdict on the president. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, Joe, send us off. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. And we wish you all a little weak side help. Thank you.